Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Jesus is coming, and I'm so excited. This time of year is my all-time favorite, and that could have something to do with the fact that it is socially acceptable to act like a child who was hopped up on lots and lots of sugar, or it could have something to do with baby Jesus. Hmm. Hello, friends. If you're a regular listener, you know that I am Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of Clumsy Theosis. If this is news to you, then you must be new here, and I want to let you know that you are most welcome. You are among people who have a desire to transform the world for the better, and, well, we know that the most fruitful way to do this is by letting the Lord transform us. Today, we're going to have some extra fun with the 12 days of Christmas. We're keeping it light, we're keeping it airy, because I just am all infected by the season and the arrival of Jesus. That's really what's going on here. But I want to let you know that this episode, like all the others, is only possible because of the donations from listeners like yourself. Our most recent donors to the Clumsy Theosis Ministries are Pamela and Gary, and they both deserve a big fat thank you. So thank you, thank you guys. If you have ever found value or enjoyment in the Clumsy Theosis podcast, please consider visiting clumsytheosis.net and clicking the word donate in the top menu to support the work that I painstakingly put together for you. It's a labor of love, really. So for the longest time, I was confused about when the 12 days of Christmas were. I thought that they were the 12 days leading up to Christmas, almost like a Catholic Hanukkah, 12 days of gift giving before the actual day of Christmas. But no, that is a totally different religion altogether. The 12 days of Christmas actually begin on Christmas Day and continue for 12 days. And this is the technical Christmas season, the 12 days of Christmas. And everything before Christmas Day is our nativity preparation. Most of us have heard the song, The 12 Days of Christmas. You know the one, it goes, On the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. If my singing rendition wasn't enough to jog your memory, I'm including a link where you can listen to this song, not sung by me, so don't worry, in the show notes of this episode. And the show notes are in the same place where you would read the description of what this episode is about. These gifts in this song, they are all said to have a Catholic significance. And not just any significance, these are major elements of our faith. And that's why this song has been referred to as a secret catechism. Yeah, I told you we were going to have fun today. The true love that we sing about in this song is not about a young man who is head over heels for a girl. It's Jesus Christ. He literally is love, and he was born into the world on Christmas Day. And all of the gifts in this song are given to us from him. So let's go see what those gifts are. The partridge in the pear tree is Christ on the cross. Because the partridge bird is known to willingly sacrifice its life for the sake of its young. And why a pear tree? The cross is called the tree of life, right? You're familiar with this? If this is the tree of life, then is there a tree of death? The tree of knowledge of good and evil brought about the death of our original innocence. And in art, we typically see the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil depicted as an apple. But that's never mentioned in scripture. The reason we see it as an apple is because the root word for apple in Latin is mal, which means bad or evil. But 
In fact, in early Christianity and even medieval art, this tree is often depicted as a pear tree. So thanks to Jesus, this tree of death, and I use little quotes on that, air quotes, this tree of death, it no longer has a hold on us. And so this is a gift given to us on the first day of Christmas. The two turtle doves are the Old and the New Testament in scripture. And the three French hens that we sing about on day three, they stand for the Trinity, for the Father, for the Son, and for the Holy Spirit. And then on the fourth day, we sing about calling birds. And these four calling birds represent the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And how appropriate is that? Because the apostles are out there spreading the gospel, spreading the good news, just like these calling birds are out there constantly calling and singing. Now, day five, we sing about five golden rings, and they represent the first five books of the Old Testament, also known as the Pentateuch, and sometimes just referred to as the law. These books recall the fall of mankind into sin, and I mean, they recall this fall over and over and over. But I think we often overlook the fact that every time we fall, we're seeing the Lord extend his great love to us in his action of always taking back humanity and ultimately sending us a savior in Jesus Christ. Because let's face it, as, a hu- as the human race, we were just hopeless on our own. The six geese laying are the six days of creation because we know God only created for six days and on the seventh day he rested. And speaking of seven, seven swans a-swimming, they represent the seven glorious majestic gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that would be wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. The eight maids a-milking are the eight beatitudes. Then, on the ninth day, the nine ladies dancing recall the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Did I say nine fruits of the Holy Spirit? Yes, I did. I said nine and not twelve. And this is because in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, St. Paul only mentions nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. He mentions love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this is just a note, Catholic tradition holds that there are 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, and we can read about this in Catechism, paragraph 1832. The 12 fruits include generosity, modesty, and chastity. Now, why the difference between 9 and 12? Well, saints such as St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas have written about the validity of these additional three fruits of the Holy Spirit. And basically, they explain that St. Paul was not providing an exhaustive list when he wrote to the Galatians. He's only providing examples about how the fruit, and that's singular, how the fruit of the Spirit will play out in one's life when they avoid the opposite of these fruits, when they, when they act rightly and justly, and they follow the way of the Lord, they will manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life. And that was a little bit of a tangent, but I find it interesting, and so I had to give it to you. So let's move on to day 10. The 10 Lords a-leaping are the 10 commandments, and then the, the 11 pipers piping, they stand for the 11 faithful apostles. And then on the final day of Christmas, the 12 drummers drumming symbolize the 12 points that we profess in the Apostles' Creed. So these are like the I believe type statements. So for example, 
The first is, I believe in God, the Father, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And then the second is, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And then the third, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and so on and so on. I think you get the point. But let me give you guys a heads up. There has been some debate and while just flat out denial from secular sources about whether or not the 12 Days of Christmas song that we know and we sing about as a Christmas carol actually has a Catholic significance. And Snoops.com has even weighed in on this in favor of the secular claim. Well, I don't know that they, they really answered the overall question about whether or not there is a Catholic significance. I think they just tiptoed around their answer, but that's my opinion. When secular sources deny this claim that there is a Catholic significance to the 12 days of Christmas, they typically refer to the fact that the first written account of of this carol, the 12 days of Christmas, comes from a children's book called Mirth Without Mischief, and this was written in England in 1780, and it was more of a of a game, like a memory or forfeit type of a game in which one player starts out by singing a verse and then the next player has to recite the the verse that the first player put forward and then make their own verse. Then the third player has to recite both verses and then add their own. And this game just goes on and on and the song continues to build. But it is quite likely that the 12 Days of Christmas song that we know today the one that was written about in England in 1780, it was very likely that this song was transformed from a French song from the time of 1625. The English translation of the French title is The Dial or A New Dial. And sometimes this song is also known as In Those 12 Days. And check this out. This song assigns religious meaning to each of the 12 days of Christmas. I mean, come on. This is not a subtle coincidence. So yeah, in my opinion, there is a connection between the 12 days of Christmas song that we know today and the Catholic significance. And if there isn't, say there's not, it doesn't change the fact that this is a great teaching aid. It's fun, it's catchy, it hits all the major tenets of the faith. And what I love most about it is it keeps us focused on the beauty of the faith during the actual Christmas season. Because how often does it happen that as soon as September, as soon as December 26th comes around, that's it. Christmas is over. People are taking down decorations. They're just, they're not focused on Christ anymore. But with this song, it focuses us back in on the actual Christmas season, which goes from Christmas Day through unto the Feast of the Epiphany in the West and in the East, where we celebrate the Theophany. Now stay tuned for that episode, because I'm going to be talking about both of those next week or the following week. I have to look at my calendar, but stay tuned. In the meantime, though, I have decided to celebrate the 12 days of Christmastide by aligning each day of the 12 days of Christmas to each day in the song, right? So I'll be using each day of the song as my meditation theme for the day. For example, On day one, I can occupy my prayer time by talking to the Lord or like journaling, whichever I prefer to do. And I could talk about how Christ is the true love. I could really meditate on him being the true love that we are introduced to on day one. 
Or if I wanted to, I could go a whole nother way and focus on the partridge who is willing to sacrifice itself for its young and how the child Jesus was sent to fulfill this role in my life as my savior. I mean, I can think of so many different ways to meditate on on each gift given on each day. And this isn't just for adults. If you have children, they can partake in the fun also. Instead of meditating, they can memorize their religious meaning for each day and maybe even get a little lesson depending on their age. And so I want to invite all of you guys to join me on my 12 Days of Christmas campaign. Or should I call it a challenge? Or maybe I just need a new name for it altogether. If you have any suggestions, let me know. You can contact me on my social accounts. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. And let me know if you have any suggestions for the name of this campaign slash challenge. And speaking of my social media, follow me now because I'm going to be posting every day of the 12 days of Christmas. And that's going to include things from art, some meditation points, and some discussion questions, uh, just a whole variety of things there. And I want you guys to be able to join in the discussion because your voice is important to me and it's also important to other listeners and other followers because it can benefit them and it most likely will benefit all of us. So follow me. It's at Clumsy Theosis on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I've actually linked that down in the show notes. Each one of those accounts is linked there for your ease. So keep a lookout for those posts. If you have had fun, and a lighthearted time listening today because I told you it was going to be fun and I'm pretty sure I delivered. Will you share this episode with a friend? And you can always send your friends to clumsytheosis.net if they don't typically listen to podcasts. And again, I've put a link for that specific episode in the show notes also. So super simple, super easy. And I was serious about following me on my social media. I also have three big things happening within the next few weeks. Count them. One, two, three big things. And that's literally within the next few weeks. And if you want to know what they are, and if you want to be the first to know and you want to partake in them, I will be releasing all of that info on my social accounts as I roll them out. So big things, big things happening, big things to hit the streets, whatever that means. But if you want to know, you have to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. And until next week, friends, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.